previously on Labrador Leadership. Things that you know you're going to have to do at some point down the road, you should do now. That, that's a great leadership skill right there, without question. That's a great leadership skill right there. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Hey now, how are you everybody? Good to talk to you again today. It's Sunday, Sunday, April 5th. It's Palm Sunday. For those of us that celebrate that, the beginning of Holy Week. Piece of news that I wanted to share with you today as I start to come back to you every day now. Uh, On the long-running and well-thought-of TV news show Meet the Press, NBC's piece of work, uh, the Surgeon General appeared this morning. The Surgeon General, Jerome Adams, he warned that the next week, of the pandemic will be a big moment. And he compared it to 9-11, the terrorist attacks. And he's urging governors who have not issued statewide stay-at-home orders to do their part. And so far, it's reported that uh, as of Sunday morning, nine governors, who are all Republicans, I've said I'm not going to be political here at this point, so let's get away from that. They've so far refused to issue statewide stay-at-home orders. So asked what he would tell those governors, he said this. He said that he would urge them to follow up the White House's coronavirus guidelines to stop the slow spread in 30 days, which include recommendations to work from home if possible and avoid discretionary travel. This week is going to be our Pearl Harbor moment. And if... 9-11 didn't hit you in the gut. Pearl Harbor certainly does for all the boomers out there. It's going to be our 9-11 moment. It's going to be the hardest moments for many Americans in their entire lives. And we really need to understand that if we want to flatten that curve and get through to the other side, everyone needs to do the part. He continued to say, if you can't give us 30 days, governors, give us a week. Give us what you can so the healthcare system is not overwhelmed. So more than 300 people across 41 states, Puerto Rico, Washington, D.C., have been ordered to stay at home as the virus continues to spread across the country. Arkansas, Iowa, Nebraska, both the Dakotas, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Utah, Wyoming are not under such statewide orders. Well, we talked about Yesterday, having to do something that you realize you're going to have to do something at some point in the future, you should do it now. Seems to fall into that, I would say. Let's bring it a little bit closer to the heart here now. I, uh, great piece of the New York Times talking about the people that are exposed, afraid, and determined. And the tagline on the article was, states and cities close across the country, schools, businesses, public spaces. Governors have made the orders that we just mentioned for folks to stay at home, but some can't work from home. They can't risk losing income, their jobs. 
and some hold jobs that are critical to the functioning of our society. And for lots of folks, both things are true, and every day they confront the stark realities. Here is an example of one. As told to Maggie Jones, who is on the faculty at the University of Pittsburgh for the New York Times Magazine this week, Chelsea, 29, is a flight attendant. And she told Maggie Jones this, Usually people on flights are bumping us, hugging on our dresses, touching our legs, elbowing us in the hips to get our attention. When they go to the bathroom, you could feel their hot breath on your neck. It's a really intimate space. A metal tube with people coughing, sneezing, picking their noses every day. Now it's really eerie. On a recent flight she had from Orange County to San Francisco with 166 seats, there were only nine people in coach. They were spread out, rows between one another, mostly by window seats, some in masks and gloves. People don't want drinks because they don't want to have to go to the bathroom. They don't want snacks because they don't want to touch it. You could see the fear in their faces. The other day, I washed my hands 20 times on a two-hour flight. My hands are raw. Typically, flight attendants use gloves only for cleanup, but I'm starting to use them to arm and disarm the doors and open and close overhead bins. I'm going to start bringing my own because the hospital supplies are so low. It's quiet everywhere. In the airports, the restaurants and bars are closed. The food stands are open. Kids and adults are in masks and gloves. One guy was walking through the Denver terminals wearing a rain poncho. It wasn't raining. Public sees us as dumb flight attendants, but we are the silent first responders. We aren't there to serve you, Cokes. Service is about 1% of our training. We had a lot of the same training that police officers do, firefighters, nurses. We were the first to die in the September 11 attacks. We know how to evacuate a plane in 90 seconds. We have to fight fires. We have to do CPR. We notice if someone is too drunk. We're on the front lines looking for signs of domestic violence, sex trafficking. When we do a compliance check, seatbelts are buckled, trade tables are stowed. We are also looking at each passenger. Now, we have strict instructions from pilots and from operations that if a passenger is coughing excessively, we alert the captain. If anyone looks too sick to, pl- sick to fly, excuse me, he or she will be taken off the plane. What makes me nervous are the symptoms. I can't see in the 14 days of incubation, but I compartmentalize. I trust my own I'm a divorced mom with a three-year-old daughter. Normally when I get home, I would pick her up at her dad's house. So he would bring her over right away. And I tell him I have to leave. Thanks, Chelsea. Just an example from the folks on the line. That's what life is like these days. We'll see you tomorrow.